struggle with our lives is our ability to feel the elapsed time and to estimate the available time. You know, many times we are very weak and we are very poor in this aspect. Maybe preparing for the examination or maybe writing an examination or maybe getting ready for an appointment, we are poor at times to estimate how much time that is ahead of me. Or even preaching a sermon. You know, sometimes when the preachers, when they take the microphone in their hands, they just lose track of the time. And they do not know how much time is given to them and how much time is already elapsed and how much more time is available for them. And they lose track of the time. And probably some of the congregants, they need to remind the pastor saying that, Pastor, it's time up. You better, better stop and go home. So the struggle that we go through in our lives is an ability to assess the elapsed time and to see how much time that is available in front of us. Even that's true in terms of, in terms of leading prayer too. The reason I don't ask you to lead prayer is, you know, you don't estimate the available... No, I'm just joking. This is very, very important when you lead prayer. You know, I, 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 there are a lot of jokes about prayer. I'm not going to tell you everything now. But when people lead prayer, of course, prayer is talking to God. And there, there are times, you know, prayer becomes instruction giving to God. And they start instructing God. God, this is what you need to do. This is what you need to do. And they start preaching, taking the word of God which God spoke and preaching a sermon to God. When? During prayer. Thank God our prayer coordinators are the, not in that way. So prayer is very, very important. And also keeping track of time is important. We should not lose track of time. We need to have a sense of time. You know, often I tell that at home, often I tell that at my wife, to my wife, saying that, you know, you need to have a sense of time. We need to have a sense of time. We need to know how much time is already gone. We need to know how much time is already ahead of us, how much time is available for us. And you know what? Time doesn't stop for us. Time is not a, one of the commodities that we can buy today. Once time is gone, it is gone forever. It is gone forever. In any arena, if you take, may it be education, may it be job, or maybe completing a project, or planning for our future, or planning for a wedding, or planning for a funeral, we need, to be available. we need to be aware of the time that is available in our hands. How many witnesses here? You did not keep track of time and you lost some of those blessings in your life. Keeping track of time is very, very important. This is true for our spiritual lives too. Knowing the importance of time is very important for our spiritual life too. Knowing this, Paul writes in Ephesians chapter 5, verses 15 and 16. If you can get the slide, please. Can you read from different versions we are reading from? Ephesians chapter 5, verses 15 and 16, reading from New KJV, King James Version. Can you read with me? See then that you 
walk circumspectly or carefully, not as fools, but as wise. Verse 16, redeeming the time because the days are evil. If you're able to see, can you read with me? NIV reading from NIV verse 15. Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise. Verse 16, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. I want you to keep track. NIV and New KJV says you need to redeem the time because the days are evil. NIV says making the most of every opportunity. Let's read from NLT, verse 15. So be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. Verse 16, make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. So Paul is urging us to be conscious or be aware of time. Can you all say time out loud? So Paul is talking about redeeming the time. Redeeming the time literally means buying the opportunity. Buying the opportunity. We don't want to lose the opportunity that is in front of us. We want to buy the opportunity. It is a great part of Christian wisdom to redeem the time. Can you say redeem? No, redeeming the time, making use of the best opportunity that is available in front of us. This is very, very important, especially when the days are evil. We don't know what is going to come ahead of us. We don't know what is going to change. And God is telling us this morning, it is very important that we need to be sensitive of the time that we are living in today. If you can put the next slide, redeeming the time, I want to take you to the original Greek word. If you read the Greek lexicon, Strong's G1805, that's where we read the original name or the term that is used. Exagoranso. Exagoranso, that simply means buying or gaining an opportunity. You know, merchants and traders, when they buy their merchandise, you know, they look for an opportunity to buy the merchandise in the right time. They won't buy every time because the price may be very high. They will look for a better time to buy. Even traders, they, they want to trade in the right time to gain the opportunity. So redeeming, that simply means, you know, those who are taking notes, redeeming simply means buying or gaining an opportunity. This morning, I would like to title my sermon as Opportunities. Can you say that with me out loud? Opportunities. What does it really mean to a child of God buying opportunities? What does it mean really for a child of God gaining an opportunity? What are the opportunities that Paul is talking us to about us to redeem? This morning I want you to pay attention to me. So I want you to just listen to me. You know, there are three things that I could think of this morning when we talk about buying or gaining opportunities and those three are very important to our lives number one the opportunity to live number two the opportunity to testify number three the opportunity to achieve can i hear that from you out loud still more out loud I want more energy in this room to preach. 
opportunity to live, opportunity to testify, and opportunity to achieve. You will never forget. What are those three points that I spoke last week? Sorry? God's faithfulness is our strength. God's faithfulness is our hope. God's faithfulness is our comfort. Thank you. So what are those three points that we are talking about today? Number one, the opportunity to live, the opportunity to testify, and the op Bible says, Paul says, you need to redeem the time. That means we need to buy the opportunity. We need to gain the opportunity. This morning we are going to spend a couple of minutes. Number one, the opportunity to live. The opportunity to live. That simply means we need to, we're talking about redeeming the time by buying the opportunity to live. What does it really mean? This life is a beautiful life. God has given us a beautiful life on the face of this earth. We have troubles, we have pain, we have sorrow, we have sickness. In the midst of all, God has given us a beautiful life. If God would not have given that life today, we are not here. When you think about the unborn babies, the babies, those who are killed, those who are killed even before they were formed, even before the mother gave birth to them. Unfortunately, they couldn't live, but you and I could live on the face of this earth because it is given as a gift to us. We are talking about redeeming the time by buying the opportunity to live. Today, you and I need to live on the face of this earth, and God is telling us that we need to buy that opportunity to live. Not everyone knows how to live the life on the face of this earth. And God is telling us this morning, you and I need to live. Today, we waste our time thinking about our past. Today, we waste our energy and time thinking about our past, but God is telling there is a plenty of opportunity in front of you that you, I want you to live your life. Many times our past was not good. The foolish decisions that we took in our lives. The failures that we encountered in our lives. The abusive relationships that we went through in our marriage in the past. The wrong choices that we made in our lives. You know, these things will not allow us to live in the present. But instead, they take us to the past. And most of the time, you know, we think about those wrong choices that we made in our lives. And we fail to live our day to day. We fail to live our current life that we have on the face of this earth. And God is telling you this morning, I want you to redeem the time by buying the opportunity to live. Buying the opportunity to live. If we continue to think about our past, the time is not going to stay for us. The time is, going to run out. time is running out already. And God wants us to make use of the opportunity that he has given us to live today. To live today. You know, that's the reason God mentioned, he mentions, God, God says in a couple of verses in the word of God, that do not think about your past. You know, I come across people who always talk about their past and their past failures. They don't have anything to do with today. And they don't, obviously, they can't even think about their future. Because they are living in their past. They are trying to live in their current, and, but they are living in their past. And this morning, God is telling us that we need to buy, we need to redeem the time which is given in our hands by buying the opportunity to live. 
Isaiah chapter 43 verses 18 and 19 can you read with me Isaiah 43 verse 18 can you read out loud do not remember the former things nor consider the things of old verse 19 behold I will do a new thing now it shall spring forth shall you not know it I will even make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert God is asking us God is telling us this morning do not remember the former things nor consider the things of old this morning you know if we are trying to live our lives on life on the face of this earth God wants to remind us that we need to redeem our time the only way to redeem our time is not to live in our past if God had to do new things in our lives and if we continue to remain in our past God cannot do new things in our lives you know, I want you to talk to you this morning. You know, some of us long for new things, new beginnings in our lives. The reason new beginnings are not happening in our lives is simply because we are still trying to live our past the way we used to do things, the traditions that we used to follow. And God cannot do anything new in our lives. If God had to do something new in our lives, God is asking us this morning that we need to forget our past. We need to forget those moments that we went through in our lives and because God wants to do something new always. God doesn't keep the old wine, he gives the fresh wine every time. God doesn't keep the old blessings, he gives the fresh, fresh new blessings in our lives. But we need to bring up our lives to the expectation of God so that we will not remain, live in our past, but instead we will be keeping ourselves to receive new blessings from, the, from God. If we don't forget our past, listen to me, they are just going to come as a baggage in our lives. Some of us are unable to forget those words that are spoken against us. That hurt is still inside of us. That wound is still inside of us. We are unable to forgive. We are unable to forget those words in our lives. We are unable to forget those individuals in our lives. Still we carry those baggages in our lives. And these baggages, they will not allow us to move forward. They will not allow us to run forward. You know, when you think about family relationship, you know, between husband and wife, those words that are spoken, those moments that you cried out for help, those moments that you felt that I made a mistake in my life, those things are so fresh in your life, they are not allowing you to move forward. You're trying to carry that baggage. We try to carry that baggage and how much we can run, we will not be able to run. Paul writes in Philippians chapter 3 verses 13 and 14 can you read with me brethren can you read with me I do not count myself to have apprehended but what he does one thing I do forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead can't this be your strategy to this morning that's what exactly means redeeming the life redeeming the time that simply means buying buying the life that God has given you gaining the life that God has given you Paul knew his in his life his, his former days were not at all appropriate he was a murderer he was throwing the people of God into prison he was life was not at all good if you can think ever think for ever and ever thinking about those lives that he killed by his hands he will not be able to move forward and he says one thing I do what he did what he did forgetting those things which are behind are you able to forget those things which are behind this morning if you try to continue with those baggages in your life we will not reach anywhere we will not reach anywhere 
People who are running, they will run ahead of us, but then we will be still jogging in the same place. We will not be able to move forward. This morning, God is telling us, we need to forget those things and we need to move forward. Do not keep room for those things in your life. The more you store those things in your life, you will not be able to move forward. You know, this morning it is very important because when we are living in, if we're living in a family, when we are living in a church, how many people would have walked out of the church because they got hurt? They got hurt. They're unable to handle that anymore. This morning God is asking you, asking me, we cannot carry those things in our lives. We need to just let those things go and make your baggage light. Make your baggage light. You will be able to travel without carrying that baggage anymore. When we were traveling, there's a lot of complaint, and I had to go through. I, I know I had to go through that pain of that persecution of you know, saying to me that you booked a flight that had only one free baggage. You made a big crime, made a big mistake because I'm unable to carry two bags. I want to carry two bags. And then an expectation, you know, why we are unable to carry two free bags. And I thank God for that. One baggage made life easy. I don't have strength to carry 23 plus 23. I could handle 23. Paul is talking about carrying such heavy baggage in this life. You know, this morning, if you want to be used by God... If you want to be used at all by God, you can't afford to carry those baggages in your life. If you are looking for a beautiful family life, you can't afford to carry that baggage anymore in your life. God is saying, Jesus said, in fact, I have come to give you what kind of life? Abundant life. What, what's that life? Abundant life, not only spiritual life, even the life on this earth, you know, God, who, who, who made this life on this earth? Sometimes we get into so, too, too spiritual and we think that, you know, God wants us to live spiritually abundant life. Who gave this life to you? God has given this life to us. God wants us to live this life abundantly. If God is blessing you with something, just go for it. Just be blessed. Just be blessed. In a given situation, Paul is again writing to, when he writes to Timothy, he's saying that, uh, sorry, when, yeah, he's writing to Timothy, he's saying that we need to know how to be content with what is given. Can you read those scriptures? First Timothy chapter 6, verses 6 and through 8. Can you read with me now? Godliness, it's a great scripture, with contentment is great gain. Verse 7, for we brought, what? nothing into this world and it is certain we can carry nothing out and what should we have verse 8 and having food and clothing with these we shall be content abundant life definition for abundant life we need to be content with God what God has given to me should I be content with the church that God has given me yes or no should I be content with the wife that God has given me? No? Are you sure? Yes. Should you be content with the wife that God has given you? Absolute silence. 
Should you be content with the husband that God has given you? One, two. <laughs> the remaining, God, take it away. This cup, I cannot handle it anymore. If it is your will, let this cup be taken out of my life, Lord. That's how your secret prayer, now God is revealing that to you. Godliness with contentment is a great gain. How do we live abundant life? Just be content with what God has given you. Having food and clothing, with these we shall be content. So God wants us to redeem the time by buying the opportunity to live. Number two, the opportunity to testify. Can you say that with me? The opportunity to testify. How do we redeem the time? The, by buying the opportunity to testify. Redeeming the time by buying the opportunity to testify. Second Timothy chapter 4, verse 2, Paul writes to Timothy saying, can you read with me? Preach the word, be ready in season and out of season. Convince, rebuke, exhort with all long-suffering or patience and teaching. Paul is writing to Timothy saying that you need to preach the word in season and out of season. I believe that doesn't simply mean preaching by standing in the stage. It simply means witnessing Christ. Can you say witnessing Christ? Can you say testifying Christ? So Paul is saying you need to redeem the time and you need to redeem the time by buying the opportunity to testify. Now I'm just getting into an important subject this morning. We talked about life, that is very important. Now we are talking about testifying. NLT says be prepared whether the time is in favor of you or it is in not favor of you. You be prepared. So God is asking us this morning, God is telling the church to be prepared to testify. How many of you know what is testifying means? Anybody knows? Amen? I'll help you this morning. So we are all called to testify the goodness of God. I'm sure you do that. We are all called to testify the goodness of God. You can do it through any means. You can do it through any platform that is available today. This morning, because this is so important that we need to redeem the time by buying the opportunity to testify. It's very, very important. So we need to teach that to the church this morning. So we cannot wait for, you know, remember those days, people testify God in their open air crusades and conventions in a big crowd gathered together in the ground and there's a microphone and stage and then you know they they give a gospel message like billy graham used to do or some other evangelists used to do those days are gone today many of the nations you know they restrict such gatherings many nations they restrict such gatherings they don't encourage it anymore Many nations, we can't do it. There's such an open-air crusades. That may be a good way to testify, but then how do we still testify? How do we tell about Christ to others? How do we tell about the goodness of God to others? There are a couple of ways we can do it. What is important? 
testifying important. Can you read that? Can you say that with me? What is important? Redeeming the time by buying the opportunity to testify. Can you say that again with me? By redeeming the time by buying the opportunity to testify. Testification is important. We cannot be a child of God. We cannot be a disciple of Lord Jesus Christ if we don't want to talk about Jesus to others. By the way, how many of you share Christ to others here? Anybody do that? Anyone does here? Yes, yes, yes. See a couple of hands. Thank God for that. Thank God for that. It's a mandate on you and me today to share Christ to others. We are talking about the opportunity to testify. We need to redeem the time by buying the opportunity to testify. How do we do it? If you can put the next slide, there are a couple of methods we can do it. Just want to help you this morning. Conversation. Can you say conversation? It's one of the easiest ways to testify. Just one-on-one. -on -one. Just one-on-one. -on -one. While traveling. While walking in the trail. While meeting in the cafeteria. During our lunch time. And while going out for a walk, short walk, during the break. Or even during coffee break. It's a good time to testify Christ. Have you ever come across that situation? Even in smoke break, can we can testify Christ. Can you do that? In smoke break, can you testify Christ? I mean, as long as you don't smoke, right? That's what he said. Any time that is available, it's a good time to testify Christ. God wants us to do it. God expects us to do it. There are times you get onto the bus and then every day there is another person getting onto the bus from the same bus stop and he or she ends up in sitting, coming and sitting next to you. She likes you so much or he likes you so much and you open up a conversation with him slowly and make use of that opportunity to testify Christ. Testify Christ. You meet that individual every break, during every break in the cafeteria. You just say hi to him and then slowly you pick up conversation with him or with her. And eventually, there is an opportunity. You know, in those days when my parents and my pastors, they used to train me, they say that, you know, you need to be so prayerful every moment, right? When you go to cafeteria, you just need to be praying, God, show me the right person. Show me the right person to share the gospel. Right? So, so then you just be prayerful and God will bring somebody right there who is in need and who would like to listen to you. Does that work? Yes? Yes? It works? So there are many opportunities that is in front of us to testify. Chris, conversation is one. What about media? Media is a great way to testify Christ. Media is a great opportunity. When you post something in media, there's an opportunity to glorify God by posting a scripture, by thanking God for everything that God is doing in your life, through your life. Outwardly, we are able to declare God today, the freedom that is available in front of us. Now, there are many connections. If you get onto my Facebook, more than half are non-Christians. The reason I keep them there because I'm waiting for an opportunity so that I'll be able to just open the chat and then start chatting with them in a particular occasion or I will look for them to reach out to me in a particular situation. Media is a great opportunity to share, to testify. This morning we are talking about redeeming the time. Number three, we are talking about strangers. 
When you meet strangers, it is good to keep eye contact with them. You know, there are many ways we can behave when we meet strangers. We can just go this way or we can just turn this way and keep walking. But it's, make, it's better to make eye contact. Sometimes they make or they may not make, but it is good to make eye contact with them. Just simply smiling, just simply saying hi to them will lead you to a conversation with them. Even with strangers, we will be able to share about Christ. It's very, very important. What about professional forums and gatherings? You know, professional forums and gatherings are not really meant to share faith. If you faith share faith, you will be kicked out of that forum immediately, right? So it's not a good place to share forum, but it is a good place to make connections. Can you say connections? You know, we need to make connections. This morning, God is talking to us and he's telling us, we should be able to redeem our time. We should be able to redeem time. You know, this time I got an opportunity to meet my ex-colleagues in the city of Bangalore where I worked 18 years before, 2001 to 2005. You know, all those bunch of people, they gathered together there. <clears throat> they, I was known to them as their quality manager, quality assurance manager. That's all they knew about me. Nothing else. But this time when we met, they said, Pastor, so not pastors, they said, uh, can you just, sir, can you just talk about your journey? You know, what a great opportunity in front of a crowd who don't believe in God. Most of them are non-Christians and they are asking me to share. Can you share about your journey? I was so glad to get that opportunity. And you know what, I, that, that was a very informal gathering. There is no agenda there. But they said two things I want, we wanted they all together, especially there was a young girl and she was so particular. She just came there, she was a stranger, not even invited there. She just finished her bachelor degree in engineering. She said, I want to learn something new. Two requirements, one, can you just share your journey? Two, can I learn something from you? What a great opportunity. You know, I just started telling about what had happened to me during the past 18 years in my life. I told them that, you know, God called me to, God asked me to resign the worldly job and he called me to serve him full time. And they asked me, what does it really mean? Serving God means what? What are you talking about? I got an opportunity. The reason why I serve God, because I love my God. I want to do something for him. Work corporate is not the only way to come up in your career. There are many other opportunities. There are many other great opportunities that are in front of you. You can be of help to somebody. You can bless somebody. You can show them the way. You can lead them in the right direction. There are great opportunities. Professional forums help us to connect with people. Keep that connection. Do not lose those connections. Those connections will come true in a particular time. You'll be able to testify just simply by being hospitable. Just simply by being hospitable. Welcoming friends to our house. Welcoming strangers to the place where we are living. And I was just going through the statistics. I don't know whether it means something to you, but it means so much to the church this morning. Canada says in 2023, they are welcoming 400,000 to 500,000 immigrants, permanent residents to this nation. People are on their way. And God is asking, God is expecting the church to come up in their way. They approach people and God is saying, just be hospitable. Just be hospitable. There are more than that. There are temporary workers. There are students coming to this nation. 
And this morning, God is asking you, can you do something for me? Can you just remember that, know the time that you are living in? Can you just know the opportunities that are in front of you? There are plenty of opportunities to make friends, to make connections, even in our workplaces, by extending our help. Beyond religion, the boundaries of religion, beyond the boundaries of ethnicity, when you try to extend our help, thank God we have, a, we have a support group. They support new immigrants in terms of picking them up from the airport, irrespective of their religion, nationality. God wants us to extend our help to others, helping them to settle down, helping them to write their resume, helping them to find, in, find their house, getting grocery done. You know, there are plenty of opportunity not only helping to our own people, but to extend to those who are not known to God. We must be wise to redeem the time. Shall we read one scripture? Deuteronomy 15, 11. Before that, I just want to say this. It's not just only a social service. I just want to add a note of caution here. Churches are today helping people, helping people, and that has eventually become a social service. We are not talking about it. We are talking about redeeming the time, looking for an opportunity to testify. Can you say testify? Ultimately, that's very important. You bring them to the church, maybe to the potluck evening, or you just, you know, continue to help them until you get an opportunity to, to share the love of Christ. You know, how sweet it will be, how wonderful that, would, that will be. One thing that is true, wherever we go, people are in need. There's no doubt about it, people are in need. They have a big void inside of them, spiritual void, that can be filled with only the love of Christ. Amen. Can I hear a louder amen? Deuteronomy 15, 11. Can you read with me? This scripture is very true even today. Can you read along with me? Beautiful scripture. For the poor will never cease from the land. There will be always poor people in the land. There will be always people who are hungry for God. There will be always people who want your touch. There are always people next door. They wait for you to smile at them. They are always people. Therefore, I command you saying, what God is commanding, you shall open your hand wide to your brother, to your poor, and to your needy in your land. Not may not be always for materialistic want. They have a spiritual need. They have a struggle that they are living, going through. And God is asking you and me to redeem the time. Finally, just one more idea. How do we redeem the time to testify by testifying others? Is by willing to pray for them. By willing to pray for them. Prayer is something all of them want. There are times we used to do that, but then we are not doing it. After COVID, we should start that again. Going into the malls and just talking to people. Ask the question, what can I pray for you? What can I pray for you? Some people may not believe in prayer, that's okay. But there are, as the scripture says, for always there are poor people around you. They will never cease to exist. Just ask what do they want to, what, what do you want me to pray for you? You make use of that opportunity to just pray with them. Pray with them. And even though circumstances, they don't allow you to pray there. Can you just do this? Can you just ask them, what can I pray for you? And what's your name? And you say that I'll go home and then pray for you. And just you keep a journal and just pray for them. God will do amazing things. This morning we are talking about redeeming the time. God wants us to redeem the time by buying the opportunity to testify finally. Next slide. 
the opportunity to achieve. What was the first one? Redeeming the time by buying the opportunity to live. Redeeming the time by buying the opportunity to testify. Finally, redeeming the time by buying the opportunity to achieve. God wants us to achieve excellence in what we do. Listen to me. Those who are working in companies, those who are working in corporates, I want you to listen to me now. God wants us to achieve excellence in everything. And God doesn't want us to waste the opportunity. Today, we come across a syndrome among believers saying that believers, you know, at times they limit the opportunities saying that this is not for me. This is not for me. And I can't do it. That's the reason unbelievers, they come up in different arenas in this world today. Those who are bought by the blood of Jesus Christ, those who know the God-given potential in them, we see they backing off when God asks them to do something in their workplaces, not only in ministry, even in workplaces. Maybe politics, maybe business, or maybe in our career, God wants us to achieve. Can you say achieve? God wants us to achieve. There is no doubt about it. God wants us to achieve. I was asking these questions as I was preparing for this sermon. Why the Prime Minister of Canada can't be a believer in Christ Jesus? Why not? Why the Chief Justice cannot be a believer in Christ? Have you ever thought of that? Why there, are, there cannot be more MPs and MLAs? They are born again. Why not? Why we don't see today? Why the CEO of Go Google maybe cannot be a believer in Christ? Thank God he will become a believer one day. We believe and pray for him. Why the Chief Public Health Officer of Canada cannot be a believer in Christ? Why not? But as I said, we find something within us that always makes us to look downward. They always makes us to look downward so low about us and not allowing us to come up in our lives. God is telling us to redeem the time by buying the opportunity to achieve. Psalm 117, sorry, 113, verses 7 and 8. Can you read the scripture? Maybe it's a totally different context there. You would have never read the scripture in this context. Can you read this with me? Psalm 113, verses 7 and 8. He rises the poor out of the dust and lifts the needy out of the ash heap that he may sit him with princes, with the princes of his people. We read the scripture, we believe the scripture, and we pray about it, but the question is, what are we doing about it? What are we doing about it? It doesn't happen automatically. It is very true that you know God raises somebody who is humble and simple and lift him up to the to, to a higher level. But the question is, what are we doing about it? Poor won't rise from the dust and ash sheep just by believing, but by doing 
what is needed to come up to that level. You know, this morning, God is asking you to rise from the level that you are in. There are plenty of opportunities in front of us. Most of the time, then, when God planned for the first best, believers, people of God, they are so happy to settle down for the second best. Never do that. Never do that. Never do that. Most of the time, God wants us to reach some higher level, but we are so happy to just collect the low-hanging fruits and settle down. Settle down in the place where we are. Today, at times, I become upset to see believers don't make any effort to come up in their lives. They don't make any effort to come up to achieve something. God is telling us, redeem the time by making the opportunity to achieve at times believers are so lazy and they hide behind the prayer and God's will and say that, oh, I don't think, brother, it's not God's will for me. When you do higher studies, no, I don't think it's not God's will. Who said that? Who said that it is not God's will for you to do higher studies? They don't go for higher studies saying that God's will maybe as an excuse. They don't move out of the place. They don't move out of the comfort of their living and saying excuses. And God has planned something better and bigger for you. God wants you to achieve something bigger in your lifetime. But then you know what? We say excuses and just settle down for the low things. They don't apply for higher positions saying that, oh, I don't qualify. You know, they're so humble. But they're fooling themselves saying that. It's not about humility. It is you are limiting your ability. You are limiting your God-given ability. You have enough skills to apply for the position, but you don't even make an attempt to apply. What a shame on us. They are very narrow-focused. I think about how do we just live today. I want to talk about those who are settling down for doing a temporary job that is not related to your studies. You need to think about don't settle down. Don't do it just for the sake of getting money for today. God wants you to live, come up in your life. God wants you to achieve. When I ask, brother, what are you doing in your organization? What project development project you are in? Pastor, I'm in support role. How long you are in support role? Pastor, I'm providing 24 by seven support. You know, that's why it's called support, right? You're supposed to provide 24 by seven. How long you are in that support role? Pastor, last one year I'm in the support role. I want to tell that their face because you don't want to learn any new technology because you don't want to do any better job you are settling down for the support role believers should never work in support role God has bigger plan for you God has bigger plan if you are settled down resign your job today if you are less settled down when your support role resign your job today you need to learn something better you need to do something bigger in your life God wants you to achieve we procrastinate, we delay, and we become lazy, and we are unable to achieve what God wants us to achieve. And you look at somebody who is nothing to do with God, they are in control. They are in power today. Where are those believers? Where are those believers? I'm not just shouting at you, I'm just, just, just letting you know. This is the expectation of God. What do you want to achieve in life? Can you put the next slide, please? What do you want to achieve that in life? You see that in the screen? I don't see, but you may be seeing it. Can you read with me? Moment. We are born. 
The countdown started. The more we wait, the less the time in hand to do anything that's worth doing. The more we wait, higher the odds that we may never get it done in our life. Then wait to wait. Why are we waiting? God is the God of restoration. Shall we all arise this morning? God is the God of restoration. If you realize the need of redeeming the time, God is saying that he will give you those time that is lost because he's able to restore the time. Joel chapter 2 verse 25, God says, if you can see the screen, read with me, so I will restore to you the years that the swarming locust has eaten. The crawling locust, the consuming locust, and the chewing locust, my great army which I send among you. This morning, he is a restorer. All that God is asking you to redeem the time. As Paul writes in Ephesians 5, verse 15 and 16, See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. What are you doing? Shall we close our eyes? Thank you.